One man, one mission. To equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and to awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit, David Cuppet brings you to the School of the Holy Spirit from his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, so um, let me just start with this scripture, famous scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish, say punish, all disobedience. Anything that doesn't match the vision of the Lord, the prophecy spoken over me. The dream he gave me, I will put it in the obedience of Christ. Amen? All right, so these arguments, you know, the enemy, all they can do is intimidate you, right? They can deceive you. They can whisper in your ear. They can even have an evil presence drape upon you along with the whisperings. How many of you wake up and say, oh my gosh, I feel this dread, right? I feel this, I hear this whispering and this nagging and this, this, this feeling that just won't go away. And you have a choice to make at that point, right? Is that you for the day? Or are you ready to go to war? Look at your neighbor and tell him you were born for war. You were called to a war. You see, most Christianity, you go in church on Sunday and the pastor's up there painting you know, you know, this glorious picture of kumbaya, just come and we're all going to love each other, right? But the reality is that's not real world. Everybody goes home, they put their mask back on, right? And they try to fake it. They try to be good. But the reality is, what if people came together realizing that, okay, which one of you guys, which one of my friends got whispered to? Who do we need to fight for today? That's what a church is, right? Because a body who can count on each other and trust each other because the whisperings of evil are designed to keep you in a prison cell, to keep you from your destiny and what you really are in Christ. What if you actually came to fight for each other, right? Realizing that intimidation and fear is the deception of the enemy to get you to believe you're something less than what God called you to truly be. Amen? Look around you, man. There's pastors. There's teachers. There's prophets. There's evangelists. There are people who the Lord has called, but the enemy over decades has whispered in your ear, oh, you're just a farmer in a field, right? You're just a taxi cab driver. And that's not true. That's a lie, right? And so to bring everything into the obedience of Christ is to know his will, right? How many of you know the will of God for your life? You see, if you know the will of God for your life, if if you write down your dreams and the visions and the prophecies spoken over you, he's revealing to you your identity. And every time that whispering thing that gets you to, oh, I'm not even going to get out of bed today, 
when that thing starts to lie to you and that dread comes on you, you know you rule out of bed and you say, no! And you start to fight that thing, right? Because that, that thing is afraid of what you are about to become, right? I had a prophet call me out of the audience about 10 years ago, and he said, the devil is afraid of what you're about to become. And the next thing I know, I was in the biggest battle of my life as I shook in the presence of evil every morning when I got up to pray, and I had to learn to fight to believe that the devil was so afraid of what I was about to become and where I was about to go that he, he sent the onslaught after me, right? Can you relate? Does anybody know what that feels like? He sent the onslaught after me to cause me to shake in the morning, but I had to learn to bust through that camp. I had to learn to break out of that prison, to believe that the call of God was real, right? And that the whispering, the fear, the intimidation, although that, those are real feelings, that's the lie. That's the, that's the way the enemy intimidates you. So say this with me, in the name of Jesus, fear, intimidation, leave me now. I command you to go. I'm a called child of the living God, and I'm anointed to crush your head in the name of Jesus. Go, go, go. Amen. All right. Do you fight like that today? Huh? Come on, man. No crickets. No crickets are allowed in this house. Right, Steve? Come on. I, when, when I say, did you fight today? There should be a, Rah! you know, like, you know, like, what's that movie, Braveheart? They're charging on the battlefield. Jesus, that's right. William Wallace. Rah! You got it, man. All right. So if you know the nature of Christ, right? Christ rides a white horse. Christ rides with a sword out of his mouth, robe dipped in blood, right? Name on his, on his leg, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. If Christ rides on a white horse, what do you ride? There's a horse for you, right? Come on, there's an authority and a power for you, right? That horse is a symbol of authority and power. There's a sword that comes out of his mouth. There's a sword that comes out of your mouth. Have you found it yet? Or has the enemy ziplocked your mouth shut? Huh? Come on, no way. No way has that, has that enemy ziplocked my mouth shut, right? I will ride that, that big horse and kick kick those serpents, crush them right, whip that sword around. Amen. If Christ rides a horse, you're called to ride a horse. You see, breakthrough is connected to a heart that contends. Do you contend? Is there any contenders in the house? Come on. The word contend means fighter. You a fighter? Come on. You're not a victim. America, the American church is full of victims. Right? If you, if you want to just go sit and be passive and fit in with the rest of America, the sheeple, right? Oh, how are we going to deal with this corona thing? Well, we're just going to put our mask on because that's what the government says. Oh, wait, did I go there? Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. Has anybody fought that thing? Did you fight that thing? Huh? Did you command that thing to leave? Did you command that lie that uses a little tiny truth to intimidate you and put fear on you and say, oh, you got a whole na- you got the whole world shaking in fear from Corona. Think about this. They've got to spend billions of dollars to convince you that it's a real pandemic. You think if it was a real pandemic, they'd have to convince you? 
Right? Come on, man. Anyway, how do I get on that subject, Steve? Get back, get back in line, get back in line. So a heart that contends is a fighter, right? It takes on the nature of the Lord himself. Psalm 2 says that the Lord sits in the heavens on his throne and laughs at the enemy in mockery. Have you laughed at the enemy today? Do you, you, you ever get that fear thing come on? You start, sh- you know, f- your, your arm wants to shake, but inside of you it's... <laughs> come on, man, help me out. Did you ever get... Come on. Come on, laughter is contagious. <laughs> laughter is contagious, man. <laughs> he, I mean, he shows up, he, he drape, starts to drape you with this. You can feel the slime on you, and all of a sudden you decide... <laughs> be kidding me you're coming in here with that junk that's all you got that's all you got (laughs) that's all you got come on man that's all you got you see the cross was victorious he holds all the keys every key is in the hand of christ not just the keys of life he also holds death satan holds zero Look at, look at your neighbor and say, Satan's got a goose egg. Satan's got a goose egg. <laughs> That's all you got? Are you kidding me? You got to be kidding me, dude. You walk in here and you, you expect to intimidate me with that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up because he senses the nature of that he rests in in heaven. <laughs> and then you got, a, you got two of you laughing at that evil thing. And suddenly, boom, that thing lifts. And peace floods your room, right? Peace floods the place where you're at. Whew. <laughs> Come on, man. Laughter's contagious. It's absolutely contagious. Come on, tell your neighbor, that's all you got? That's all you got? (laughs) Woo! Oh my gosh, I feel some juice, man. (laughs) You see, you see. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Woo! Come back. <laughs> uh, John, or, uh, yeah, Paul, that guy, Paul. Paul says, uh, I pray that he would grant you the spirit of revelation in the intimate expectation of him who grants you to conquer and break through. Right? Right. <sighs> you see there's there's this picture in isaiah 59 jesus it's it's he's paint this this view from heaven that he looks down from heaven and he sees the you know the mire in the streets and the people the injustice anybody see the injustice all around you what do you think jesus is looking at what do you think he's waiting for in heaven there's this picture of Jesus. It says he's got the, the helmet of salvation. He's got the breastplate. And he's got this cloak 
of vengeance, right? He's got, he's got this, this um, garment of zeal and this cloak of vengeance. You know why he wears vengeance? He actually said, vengeance is in my heart because he came to crush the head of that serpent. He came to be victorious in the very place that you sit in this moment. Do you walk in that revelation? Do you expect? You see, part of winning a war is to expect that he is with you, that he is waiting in heaven to come invade the very place that you are. It's one thing to go to an altar and receive Jesus. It's a whole other thing to invite him to walk and work and be released through you everywhere you go, right? Two different things. He didn't call you to sit at an altar. He called you to laugh at your enemy in mockery. You say, well, that's kind of cocky, isn't it? That guy Job and stuff. Well, wait a minute. How do you think you're going to fulfill your calling? How do you think you're going to crush your, the head of your enemy? Unless you expect in the one who promised, I will, I will crush him. I will step on his head. Right? He's waiting for somebody to wake up in the morning and take on the nature of expectation. <sighs> That's all you got, man. Come on, you got to practice that. <laughs> That's all you got. You mean you, you sit there, you roll out of bed, and you're like, oh my God, I had this nightmare thing, and oh, I just feel this. I feel, I, my body, my flesh is shaking. But inside of you, something comes up out of you. <laughs> That's all you got. You see, sometimes the Lord actually draws, draws the enemy to confront something in you so that you can have a revelation of what is drawn out of you. Did David not have a Goliath? Right? Did Joshua not have all the... the, the uh, demonic kings, the, the uh, kings of the Amorites, the, all the giants, right? Did Caleb not have the giants in the mountains, right? They, they were all there to keep him from the promise, right? So when you feel that, do you shrink back in fear or do you take on the nature of the one who is victorious? Come on, man, is that all you got? Come on, you, you, should, you should write that down. You should be ready when you roll out of bed. You should actually write that on your bedpost. Is that all you got? Because I came to fight. I came to pursue. I came to invade. I came to conquer something. Amen? Ha! Is that all you got, man? Is that all you got? You see, Jesus is waiting for somebody to pick a fight. Jesus is waiting to enter into your bedroom with that cloak of zeal and that, that, the, the garments of, of vengeance, right? Because you are in Christ, you have the blood of Christ on you, and He said He would never leave you or forsake you. He's actually bringing you into a battle. He's actually bringing you into a place of expanding your territory. And it doesn't come without a fight, right? Right? Amen. He actually, you know, you know, one of the three reasons why he sent the Holy Ghost, John, John 16, verse 11, it says that when the spirit comes, he would judge the evil one. Are you kidding me? You see, when I found that scripture, baby, that one got written all over everything in my house. 
He came to judge my enemy. So when I sit down in my prayer chair, and instead of feeling the presence of the Lord and feeling the crud, the intimidation of the evil one, Holy Ghost, come do your thing. Come and judge my enemy. Fear, leave me now. In fact, fear, you go from me. You go from my grandchildren. You go from my great-grandchildren. You go down 60 generations. I command you to go. I decree and I prophesy that Cammie, Cole, and Bailey will go to the nations. They will pray in tongues and prophesy, and they will cast out devils. In fact, they will cast out thousands of devils. I decree vengeance on my enemy. You want to mess with me? You want to mess with me? Come on, man. Where's the horseman who will awaken the church? Come on. We don't need people to just sit still in the pew. We need people to step into their high calling in Christ and say with a mentality of, you want to pick on me? Come on. Say it with me. Look at your neighbor and say, come on. Come on. You want to pick on me? Come on. <laughs> I had this encounter with, the, with an angel about five years ago. It was, the, it was during the time when um, the Lord was sending me, started to send me to India. Um, I was taken to heaven, and the Lord introduced me to this angel called the Reaper. And this, uh, this angel called the Reaper, um, he was smiling, man. I mean, he was a big dude. He has a sword in his hand. He had on this war garb. And he's smiling at me and he goes, hey, I want to show you something. And he walked me and he took me into this room and he showed me there were heads. There were dragon heads. There were snake heads. There were giant heads. There were all the heads of these enemies. And he goes, and there was only a small section of this huge room that was filled. And he goes, you know what they are? Those are all the heads that we slayed together. He goes, our job is to fill this room. With the heads of your enemies. With the heads of your enemies. Amen. The reaper. Say, Holy Ghost. Show me the angel. That's assigned to me. To cut off the head. Of my enemies. Holy Ghost. Bring me to heaven. I want to encounter my angel. To see the destiny. And the, and the victory that you've called me to. Called me to. Amen. Amen. You see, I had this dream. I had this dream this week. So I've been, I've, you know, Steve called me a couple weeks ago and been kind of wondering about what to talk about. And I had this dream. So this dream got me all fired up. Sorry, Steve. But any, any of you guys ever see uh, the movie Predator? Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's an old one. It's from like late 80s, something like that. But the concept in the predator is this predator is from another world, right? This predator has the ability to see infrared. And Arnold Schwarzenegger could not hide, right? I mean, because they, the, 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 the predator could actually see the heat like light that was coming off his body. Now, you may not know this, but as soon as you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and the light is upon you, that you are just like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie, that your enemy can see you, can see the light on you. Okay? So just I wanted to share that with you before I continue in the dream because you have to be able to relate to why the Lord gave me the dream. Okay? 
So in the dream, me and Schwarzenegger, we're, we're trucking through the woods, right? And we're like, we're, we're hiding in certain places. And we're like, how the heck that thing know where we're at? Right? We're, we're trying to get away from this thing. And lasers are coming after us. And all of a sudden, Jesus uh, shows up. And he's standing beside me with, um, he has a plate. And on this plate is bread and wine. And he says these words to me. He says, breakthrough happens with communion. And all of a sudden, I take the bread, I eat the bread, I take the wine, I, I drink the wine, and woof, these angels, like this army of angels, comes down out of nowhere, and the light became so bright around me that the predator couldn't distinguish me from the angels that surrounded me. So all, all the predator saw was this one big glob of light and suddenly the predator who was hunting me started to run away. And I realized that the predator became the one that we were now hunting. As we started, to, we turned to tables and started to hunt down the predator. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Are you with me? So I want to talk to you a minute here about communion. How many of you know that communion is much more than you just drinking some wine and eating some bread? Now, I don't want to downplay the act of communion. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me, right? Right? And you hear, you hear stories of, like, I, I've, I've read a lot of stories where, like, even in the Catholic church, they come and they take the sacraments and somebody gets healed on the spot. So it's real, okay? But there's a deeper meaning of the word communion and the expectation, right? Communion is about relating to Christ, it's about eating his bread and drinking his wine. It's about a, re- a continual conversation, an expectation in this one who said, as I was victorious, you will also be victorious on this earth. Amen? So, is anybody in need of a, of a predator that's hunting you to, to turn and run? Right? Is there anybody in need of, 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 of a level of communion that would cause an army of angels to surround you in, to such a degree that the one who hunts you turns and runs for their own life and you start hunting down your enemy? Amen? That's what Jesus said would happen. That the serpent would come and nibble at you just like it came and nibbled at him. But you would turn the tables on your enemy and you would crush its head. Amen? So angels are a promise of communion, right? Psalm 91, it says, you know, un- you know unless I dash my foot against a stone, he says, Give, you, may your angels take charge over me, right? May your angels take charge over me. It's, do, you, do, you, do you expect in angels, right? Do you expect in angels? Do you expect in, in the power of heaven, the fullness of the power of heaven to come upon your life? Hebrews 1.7, it says that he makes angels, spirits, and his ministers flames of fire. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. reveal my angel to me. Make me a flame of fire. Cause the prophecies that come out of my mouth to be like fire. Because the angels that you sent will ride the words that come out of my mouth in the name of Jesus. He says in verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent to execute the will of God? Amen. You see, I had a visitation um, in February. This angel, the reaper, um, the Lord came to me on a Saturday morning. Um, I, I have the school of the Holy Spirit on Saturday nights and 
the Lord came to me on, on Saturday morning and he started to talk to me about the Reaper Angel going to be at the school with the Holy Spirit that night. Okay? And so, I mean, I could feel it. You ever know when an angel walks in a room, like something supernatural, like the hair on your arm stands up, like there's nothing around you that can bring you down. There's, I mean, just, it's like heaven just came, laid its hand on you, and, and it's like you're untouchable, right? And all day long, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And so we get there, and uh, I start to, start to, you know, go do the ministry and stuff. And uh, there was this one girl. Uh, she said she can't feel the Holy Ghost. And I said, what do you mean you can't feel the Holy Ghost? And so one thing led to another, and I kind of stopped everything. And uh, the Lord started to, to lead me to ask the people, find the angel. Okay? Now you may say, that's kind of crazy, and that's kind of like wild, find the angel. But do you know there's angels in here right now? Right? There's angels in here right now. And so I said, there's an angel in here, and there's going to be something supernatural that happens here tonight. When you find the angel, you know, I don't know, raise your, I don't, I've never done this before. Find the angel, and something's going to happen. So people, you know, normal church, right? Everybody stands up, and they start walking around the room. <laughs> normal church. <laughs> All of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, this guy goes, I think, I think I'm right here, feel this. So you, everybody wa- takes, a, takes an opportunity, they, they walk, and it's like this waterfall just drains down over, and it's like, oh my God, it feels so awesome. Next guy comes in, and this girl, she's like, I'm, I'm not sure I believe this Holy Spirit stuff. I don't, I don't believe any of this. I, you know, I don't feel nothing. Why are, you guys are kind of weird. What do you mean find the angel? So... We lead her in, and she stands in the spot. And all of a sudden, her eyes, she's like, gold dust appears on her arms. Gold dust then appears all over her face, right? And we're looking at her. She's looking at us, and we're going, oh, my God. Everybody's like this. And And then gold dust appeared on like 20 people all around her. And she starts to shake, and, oh, what is this? And boom, she falls over. Holy Ghost, man. It was the Holy Ghost, right? The, the angel of the Lord. The reaper was in the house, right? The reaper. Can you picture the reaper the Lord sent to address this, this young girl who was draped in such an evilness that she couldn't feel the presence of God but this angel, this is just the way I see it, man. I see this angel ripping off the head of her enemy. And the enemy falls down and suddenly now heaven is opened up to this, to this girl and she gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. And it's, it was just an awesome thing. And all the kids in the church for the last two months, they, every time they see me, they run up to me and say, can we, can we play find the angel? <laughs> like kids. I mean, it was like they got trained. In a matter of one night, the whole, the whole church, all the kids are running through the church now going, hey, can we play Find the Angel? Okay, let's play. Oh, I feel it right here, right here. I mean, these little five and six, seven-year-olds are running around and kids are falling out in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? Come on, man. What if the, what if the Lord trained us up as a child? What if, the Lord, if, what if you let the Lord, instead of sitting in your pew... Train you up as a child and be, all right, Lord, I, I got to find the angel that you've assigned to me today, right? I've got to find it. I don't know about the rest of you all, rest of you all pew setters.
What's it like just sitting here? Huh? Just hanging out? Eh, that guy's a little crazy up there, huh? Or what if you got out of your seat and you said, you know what? There might be something to this. I got to find, find this angel, right? Come on, I got I to be, be willing to allow Jesus to train me as a child to search him out in supernatural ways that are so different than what normal church has trained you to be dead and routine and mundane and powerless. That's what the enemy's done to the church. He's taken away its authority and power. He's gotten you to accept life not riding a horse, but sitting in a chair. Amen? That's what, a mo- that's what most of America equates church to, is sitting in a chair. Sitting in a chair instead of searching like a child for something supernatural. Amen? And so, and so, are you willing to let Jesus train you as a child? Retrain you, right? Because to break out of something, you have to be willing to say, oh my gosh, I can't do it the same way I always did it. And I have to be willing to say, lead me, Holy Ghost. Lead me, Holy Ghost. Lead me, Holy Ghost. Say it with me. Say, Holy Ghost. In every way, I've been dumbed down and made numb. Break it. In the name of Jesus, I'm willing to follow you in unusual ways. I'll even get out of my seat to find the angel in the middle of church if you tell me to. <laughs> get ready, Steve. <laughs> get ready, Tab. <laughs> the angel called the reaper, right? So Jesus is waiting to invade. He's waiting for a mentality of following him, right? Expecting in the supernatural, expecting to laugh at your enemy, expecting in the unknown. How else are miracles ever going to happen if you aren't willing to break the routine of, of, of being intimidated and fearful? If you really got, got um, deep into the reality of how trained you were by intimidation and fear, how public uh, perception plays a role in your thought process, right? How you're more concerned about fitting in with the people than you are about following the one who breaks through. If you really want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to break through. You've got to be able to lay down your junk and your fears and being intimidated and fit in and grab hold of the supernatural and expecting him to do things that are not normal, right? People, people want, the, want the supernatural, but they never break out of normal. How are you ever going to enter into the supernatural if you, if you, if you just think of, of normality every day? It doesn't take guts. It doesn't take faith to be normal. You know, pass, passivity is, is one of the biggest things that I personally fear. I fear standing in front of Christ and say, you know what? I called you to do this, but you were... You were, you were too worried about being normal, right? You wanted to fit in. You, just, you, 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 you were afraid to stand up when I told you to stand up and unwilling to pray for that person because you didn't want to rock the boat. You didn't want to get kicked out of that church. Not that Steve and Tabby will kick you out because I think they enjoy that stuff, but I can, I can personally tell you I've been kicked out of a few, Okay? 
And it, it's kind of weird at first, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I will, not, I will not conform to your passivity and your mentality of normal. I will not. And wherever, wherever Jesus tells me to go and do and say, I'll do it. Amen? Passivity is a huge issue as to the reason America is in the situation it's in. Passivity is one of the most deceiving forms of religion that there is. When I first came back from India after seeing altar calls where people, you know, they don't have, they don't, they can't go down the street to the doctor. So when one person gets healed and a thousand people run to the altar because something supernatural happened, and then you come back to America and even when you advertise or, or say, hey, we're going to do a crusade or, and nobody comes, it's like they don't need you. All they need is their Sunday morning pew sitter, right? Look at your neighbor and ask him, you going to be a pew sitter or are you going to be a horseman? <laughs> I, think, I think the Lord is speaking. And so the concept of transfigured, being transfigured, is about communion. When Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the mountain, and the Father spoke, it says that Jesus was transfigured before their eyes because of what was being said, right? They were engulfed by the cloud, and they were literally changed Jesus was changed in front of their eyes because he heard his father speak, right? He was, con he was transfigured by the voice. He was changed by the voice. Do you know that when you get a word of knowledge, when you get a prophetic utterance for somebody or something or what you're, the Lord is calling you to say, that he's transfiguring you? He's literally imparting faith to you. He's making you glow He's making you so powerfully uh, uh, glow in the light that the predator that not only is chasing you, but the predators who's chasing the people that the Lord is calling you to pray and prophesy to, that predator knows that you just got transfigured. You got a download from the Lord. You got a word of knowledge. You got something to say to somebody who's going to rock their world, right? That's, 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 that's what being transfigured is. Transfigured is not something that just happened to Jesus. Transfigured happens every time you hear the voice of God. You get transfigured. You get changed. You get imparted something that has the power to change somebody's life. Amen? Say this. Say, Holy Ghost, transfigure me. I want to pray in tongues. I want to prophesy. I want to crush my enemies. I want to deliver the people you send me to. I want to heal them. I want to deliver them. I want to cast out their devils. Transfigure me, Holy Ghost. Amen? Transfigure me, Holy Ghost. My God, I'm not a victim. My God, I am not a victim. I have the ability to call on my God that He will speak to me. He will transfigure me. And those I prophesy to, they will glow just like the Lord made me glow. Come on, am I preaching somebody, Steve? Come on, Tabby. Come on, you were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy. You weren't born to sit in a, in a pew and sit still. You were born to hear him in communion and cause your predators to run for their life. To heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free. Did you, hear, did you ever hear that one? Come on, man, you're not victims. 
You are not victims. You are born to laugh at your enemies and the enemies of the people that the Lord sends you to. All you need is to hear. All you need is to hear. All you need is to commune. He, he actually has the communion in front of you. The bread and the wine. Will you eat? Will you partake? Will you eat and drink? Will you consume? Will you get drunk with Him? You, will you get intoxicated with Him in communion and be so transformed and changed that you come out of your prayer room and say, Shelly Cuppet, this is what I hear the Lord say, girl. You, huh? Do I, hear, do I have somebody that will grab hold of what I'm saying? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in my gut. I feel the Holy Ghost in my belly in here. Do I have somebody that say, I will ascend the mountain today in my prayer room. I will be transfigured and I will prophesy and somebody will have a devil cast out of them today. Somebody will have a healing today. Somebody will stand in the presence of an angel and be delivered. Amen? Woo! Amen. You see, Ephesians 3.16 said that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. This is a prayer of Paul. That you would be granted according to the riches of His glory. That you would be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. You know, the majority of the church who's quote-unquote awakened spiritually is caught in this trap of, oh, I just need my soul healed. I just need my soul healed. I just need my soul healed. You know how many times I've heard people say, I just need my soul healed? I know people that have been caught for 15 years trying to get their soul healed. Do you know what a lie and deception that is? Paul said this. He prayed that you would be strengthened with might in your spirit. The word strengthened is the word kratos. It's actually the means to hear his voice. The power that comes out of his voice. The word might is the word dunamis. Anybody ever heard the word dunamis? So whenever you hear him speak to you, dunamis power, this shaking of this supernatural, oh my God, I can't be contained, I can't be stopped, I am changed by the power of the Holy Ghost, I have to prophesy to somebody. Ron, I have to find somebody to prophesy. Amen? I got a dream from God. I got a vision from the Lord. I, I am transfigured before His eyes, my eyes, and the eyes of the people around me. And I, the enemy cannot shut me up. He can't intimidate me. He can't stop me. He can't prevent me from fi- fulfilling my calling. Can he, can, he, can he do that to you? Can He do that to you? I said, can He do it to you? Why? Because the Lord promised... He said his prayer is that you would be strengthened with might in your inner man. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, speak to me. Cause your dunamis power to transfigure me. I want dreams, visions. I was born to prophesy. Transfigure me, Lord, and I will prophesy. Come on, man. When, when the Lord actually invades a place and He strengthens your spirit with dunamis power, your enemy is like those predators in the dream. They were hunting you, but now they can sense that they are now the hunted. They are now the hunted. They are now the hunted. Can I tell you, the very place that you are in, the very problem that you are trying to run from, the Lord is actually positioning you to be released into a new thing to conquer that very thing where you grow in confidence knowing that your enemies learn to run from you. Can you picture this? You get out of bed, you get on an airplane, you land in Nicaragua. And all those demonic powers 
that were connected to the ones that ran from you in this little church in the well in the middle of Ohio, they heard all the way down in Nicaragua that this, this, this girl named Cookie, she caused demons to shake and tremble and run from her, from her room. And now she gets off this plane and she walks and there's earthquakes everywhere she walks, right? Everywhere she goes, there's earthquakes and demons begin to tremble and the people begin to sh get shaken free because of something that somebody carried when they conquered something in their prayer life. Amen? What have you conquered lately in your prayer life? What? Come on. There's nobody here that was born to accept any of the junk that has haunted your bloodline. Not one person. Jesus didn't say that, well, your mama was, you know, schizophrenic and you're just going to be schizophrenic just like her. No. You were born to conquer and break that curse so that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will walk in victory. And when you get off that plane in Nicaragua, anybody who's schizophrenic, those demons that cause schizophrenia in those, in those people, they know you just got off the airplane for the purpose of getting people delivered. Amen? Tell your neighbor your prayer life matters. What you conquer in your prayer life will be manifest in the light. Nations will quake at the sound of what you conquer in your prayer room. Come on, man. Come on. You weren't, uh, you weren't born to be bridled in a barn, were you? You weren't, born to, you weren't born to just sit still in a barn, have a bit in your mouth, be tied, be tied into the barn with, with, uh, with, with the barn door closed. Imagine what a tamed horse must feel like, right? They're just waiting for the next bit to be put in their mouth so that they can have somebody take them and mosey them up a trail. Everything's nice. And when they're done on their daily walk, their passive walk, they get put back in a barn. That's the church. That's the most of the church in America. Which leads me to the, to the dreams that the Lord gave me for those books, for the, for the, for the book Transfigured. In this first dream, the Lord, the Lord woke me up. The Holy Spirit woke me up, walks me downstairs in my house, and I'm standing in my kitchen, and I hear the sound of horses neighing in my backyard. And so I, look, I open the window, I look, and there's a barn. There's a literal barn in my backyard. I open the sliding door, run out, go into my backyard, and there's four horses in the barn. A red horse, a black horse, a white horse, and a pale horse, all right? And I'm looking, and it's, it's one of those barns where like the, like the door is like, I don't know, five feet high, and so you can see into the barn. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, I'm looking at the Holy Ghost, I'm like, how in the world did a barn with these horses get in my backyard? Jesus is walking across my neighbor's backyard, and he walks up to me, and he pulls the latch open on the barn door, he swings it open and he says the horses weren't meant to be kept in a barn. I'm like, oh my God, I wake up. I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like messed up, okay? The next night, the next night, okay, the next night it gets better. The next night, the Lord, um, the Holy Ghost wakes me up. He wakes me up and he says, uh, 
I need you to come downstairs. So I come, come down. I, I'm in my office. And all of a sudden, I hear horses neighing. Okay, now this time, my office is in the front side of the house. And I can hear horses neighing in my front yard. And I, I look out through the blinds. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I, I open the front door. I run out. And I see the red horse, the black horse, the white horse, and the pale horse. They're now out of the barn. Jesus is standing at my mailbox. And I look over. And he motions for me. I come over. I'm standing at my mailbox. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm waiting for the burning ones so I can mount them on their horses. I look across the field and there's these burning people, people who are on fire walking across the field. And Jesus whistles for the horses and he starts mounting people on their horses. Amen? Amen. And there's a third piece. I'll let you, find, I'll let you read that in the book when you get it. <laughs> But I want to talk about this for a minute, okay? Because what I've preached here tonight is about you realizing who you really are in Christ. It's about your true identity in Christ, that you are not born to be a passive trained victim to sit in a chair, but you were born to ride a horse. It's a shame, number one, that there's a false understanding of the four horsemen of the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Christ. It's the unveiling. The word apocalypse or apocalypto actually means to unveil, right? To unveil the, the, the perception of Christ. How many of you know how many false theologies there are that keep you as fearful as the world is fearful of the book of Revelation? And when I say you, I'm talking about you, the church. There's a difference from the perspective how the church is to view the book of Revelation because if you're in Christ, it's this guy on a white horse with a sword out of his tongue for a tongue, dripping with a robe dripped in blood, coming out of heaven to go forth and conquer. So why would you fear the book of Revelation? Why would you fear the time of the unveiling of Christ? Amen? Why would you? Because the church has been deceived A veil has been put over the church. What better way to keep a guy on a horse from going into the world and conquering it than to keep him afraid of it? In a barn, the church, with the door closed, willing to have a bit in your mouth, willing to be bridled, not knowing that there's supposed to be a marriage between those set on fire and the authority of Christ. That horse is representative of the authority of Christ. Okay? The power and authority of Christ. Jesus said this, go into the world, preach my gospel, and 50% of my power and authority has been given to you. Wait, that's what the church says because the barn door is allowed to be shut on the power and authority of Christ. You just sit there nice and pretty. Three songs. First and third stand on the last one. And out the door we go because the cowboys are on at 12.15. But what about those who would say, I'm not them. I have this revelation that I'm born to ride on the power and authority of Christ on a wild horse. Do you ever ride a wild horse? You see, there's a difference between a trained horse who's trained to have a bit in her mouth. See, a lot of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you come from systems and organizations where you were given about that much authority. You were, you were not a given the ability to, to pray in tongues and prophesy and release dreams and cast out devils everywhere you go because the public may not like that. And you may not be accepted. You may not be. Jesus wasn't accepted. 
Jesus was not accepted. There were those who hated him and those who loved him. There were no middle ground. You know what the church is training to be? Passive. Everybody's accepted. Just love, man. Kumbaya. Come on, everybody's accepted. Amen. You see, that power and authority, when you get on a wild horse that is on, that's not trained to have a bit in your mouth, it's a whole different experience. You don't know where that horse is going. It may take you into the unknown. <gasps> I don't like not knowing where I'm going. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen if he tells me to do this. I just don't know what's going to happen for the next 30 minutes. Right? What would you look like if you were riding a wild horse right now? Huh? Could you be stopped? Could you be tamed? Would you allow that barn door to be shut and locked and you tied inside your stall? You see, some of you, some of you gotta just wake up and just decide, you know what? I'm gonna spit the bit out of my mouth. Come on, practice it, man. Come on. Just tell your neighbors, say, spit the bit out of your mouth. You were born to prophesy. Come on, spit the bit out of your mouth. You were born to prophesy. Come on, Ron. Come on, man. You weren't born to be silent. You were not born to be silent and entertained from a pulpit. Steve, I hope you got a good one today. Tabby, what are you prophesying about today? Make it, make it feel pretty good, you know? Entertain me. And then they, then they leave and say, oh, that, that was about a, that was okay, I don't know. Pastor gets raided. What if you realized it wasn't about raiding your pastors and it was about you all hearing God and the supernatural being poured out everywhere you went, untamed, unbridled, burning ones. You know, burning ones. Jesus said that, oh, you'll be baptized in lime juice. Sit there like a pickle in the, in the pew. Did he say that? No, he said you'd be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. You would burn. You would search out your horse. You would look for a wild horse to ride. And you would run free into the supernatural realm of heaven. You would laugh at your enemies in mockery. You would cast out devils, heal the sick, pray in tongues and baptize. You would beg God to send you places because you know that something comes out of your mouth. Either a devil's going to come out, somebody's going to get healed, somebody's going to have a prophecy that's going to send them to the nations to do a supernatural thing. Are you with me? Come on, man. If you are not in purpose, you are in perversion. If you are not in the purpose of Christ, don't be fooled. And I'm not afraid to tell you because I have nothing to lose. You either love me or hate hate me. You either love me or hate me. If you are not in purpose, you are perverted. If you are not on your horse, something's been stolen from you. You've been deceived somehow. You've been, something's been taken from you. Your real identity has been stolen from you. Does that make you mad? Or are you content sitting? Huh? Are you content letting your neighbor go to hell? Are you content? That's what, that's what America has trained you to do. You know, when, when churches spend more time listening to CNN and Dr. Fauci than they do to what the voice of God is telling them to do and the Holy Ghost, we've got a problem. Good little sheeple. Good little sheeple. Oh, all right, stop. (laughs) 
Sorry, where am I going? Good little sheeple, right? Good little sheeple. Listen to what that false prophet CNN is telling you. <gasps> you did that that doesn't fit what CNN said? Most of the church believes CNN more than they do in the, in the spirit of prophecy. Are you with me? That's right. <laughs> Had to get that out, man. It's building up in me. It's building up in me. It's building up in me. Is anything building up in you? Come on, man. Is anything building up in you? Does somebody have to prophesy over somebody? Does somebody have to lay hands on somebody? I give you permission to find somebody to pray for. In the next 24 hours, I give you permission to seek God so heavily that He speaks to you so profoundly that you go after somebody to cast the devil out of them, to heal them, to pray for somebody for salvation. I give you permission. Jesus is giving you the permission to mount your horse. Oh, well, you know, that recliner and days of our lives. And thank God we only have church on Sundays. Train, train, man. You've been trained. Huh? You, get, you ready to break out of the barn? Come on, man. Jesus said you weren't born. You weren't born to be tied in a barn. In fact, the barn, there's, <laughs> there's nowhere in the Bible that you are supposed to have a home. Jesus said, I have nowhere to lay my head. My rest is in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God. I just got a revelation. There is nowhere to lay my head. You're all worried about, oh, I need a safe place. Oh my God, I need, I need this, safe, this safe barn. I hope, I hope when the storm comes tonight that they remember to shut the barn door. All right, I'm going down a path. <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him you were born to prophesy. Come on, tell them like you mean it. You were born to prophesy. You were born to cast out devils. You were born to heal the sick. You were born to mount up on your horse. You were born to ride a wild horse. You were born to burn. You were born to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You were born to dream. You were born to break out of captivity. You were born to hunt down those who are broken and heal them. You were born for it. Come on, tell them you were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. You were born to prophesy. You were born to do something supernatural. Because this spirit of passivity, this dungeon that you've allowed yourself to live in, this place of acceptance of, of, of passivity and normality to fit in with the world. Do you think John fit in with the world? Come on, you think Peter fit in with the world? Come on, you think these guys that were transfigured in the presence of the Lord fit in with the world? Father, I pray for every person in here tonight. Lord, first off, I come into alignment with every person in here right now, here tonight, Lord. Anybody who's been struggling with intimidation and fear, Lord, we come into agreement with each other. We take authority over intimidation and fear. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. We command every evil uh, demonic presence, evil, every evil foreboding that would drape down, whether it's, whether it's by chance 
or by generational curse, we break that curse right now in the name of Jesus. We break that evil foreboding. We break that intimidation right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we awaken the horsemen. Lord, we awaken the horsemen. We awaken those, Lord, who would burn, baptized in the Holy Ghost, who would not be trained by what is accepted normal American church. Lord, I pray that you would give them a vision, Lord, of what it's like to be a burning one, to run wildly onto the battlefield, to hunt down their enemies without fear in their hearts, but with an expectation that they would laugh at their enemy. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that they would dream at night about setting the captive free, healing the brokenhearted. Lord, releasing the prisoner. Lord, I pray that they would dream your dreams and see your visions. Lord, I pray in every way, Lord, that, that, they, that, that your people have come weary, Lord, intimidated by CNN and the false prophet who for 18 months has draped dread over this nation. We break that lie. We break that lie. We break that lie. We break the dread and the presence of evil that would work against them. And I call you the church of Jesus Christ. I call you the horsemen. Those who are called to awaken the church, I call you the horsemen. Those who will pray in tongues, prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let the grace of breakthrough let the grace of breakthrough, Lord, come upon them right now. Lord, let a fresh baptism of breakthrough, let a fresh baptism of war and overcoming, Lord, let it come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horseman to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.